today's podcast. I am super excited today about our content. We're going to dive into this idea of care. David, so the word care to me is a little bit etherical and it has a, has a lot of meaning. Um, so if you could define for us, what do you mean by the word, the word care? Yeah, that's great. And what we'll do today, Sam, we'll dive into what I call an acronym, make it really, really digestible and bite-sized for people. But I'm reminded of a story that I've seen. It's, it's a fascinating story. You can actually look this up on YouTube. It's a guy by the name of Captain William Swenson. Back in 2009, he was in the Afghan war. And there's a video that surfaced out of nowhere. A pilot had a head cam on and captured this moment where a soldier had been wounded, fatally wounded, to be honest, a throat shot. And actually, he was carrying him to the chopper, loads him on the chopper, bends over, kisses the man on the forehead goodbye, and then runs back into the kill zone, into the crossfire, if you will, of this war. And it really struck me, like, what would make somebody do that? Like, why would he risk his own life to do that? I mean, I would like to think that would be me. But wow, when you see the video footage of what's going on, this man showed some genuine care. A couple things stood out in the video. Number one, he recognized this man had a fatal shot. He wasn't going to live. But that's not what that man needed to hear in the moment. Two, he took a moment to kiss the man on the forehead to tell him goodbye. Just a, a sign of affection that, hey, you matter. And you're going to be okay. And so when you think about care, I go back to this idea, Sam. When we launched this podcast, we threw a couple questions out. And I just want to remind the audience again of these two questions. When you think in leadership, you know, how do you want to be remembered as a leader? Like really, how do you want to be remembered as a leader? When people are sitting around the dining room table 10 years from now and you're no longer in the position of authority you're in or maybe not working for the same company you're at currently now, uh, for those of you at Chick-fil-A, like, what do you want said about you at that dinner table? That's a driver for me. You know, you think about this idea of being remembered. It speaks a lot to legacy. And the second question for me is like, why do you do what you do? Like, when you're in leadership, like, why do you do leadership? You know, it's easy for some people to say, hey, I do a job. That's a J-O-B, as we say, for some P-A-Y. That's pay. But there's got to be more meaning to that. So that's why care to me is such an important aspect of leadership development. How do you be remembered? Why do you do what you do? So that's really the drivers for me today. That's awesome. So you you mentioned that care is an acronym, though. So are you going to break this down with each word having its own meaning or each letter? Absolutely, Sam. And so when you think about the word care, if you look up care in the Webster Dictionary, I'm a simple-minded leader, so I like things to be really easy, if you will. But it's the idea of this provision of the necessary for health and the welfare and maintenance and protection of somebody or something. That's Webster. Uh, to look after or provide for the needs of, if you will. To feel concern or genuine interest or attach importance to something. I really love that definition of care. And so we think about care. What I like to do is take each letter of the word care and break it down into a simple form. So, for instance, the C for me is this idea of create. As leaders, if we truly care, we're going to create. At Chick-fil-A, we call those creating remarkable experiences. The reason I love the word create is it's actually a verb. It's an action. It actually requires something of me as the leader. I have to be intentional to be looking for those opportunities to inject myself in other people's lives. It means I have to have my head on a swivel. I'm looking for those moments to connect with people every day. It's an act of intentionality as a leader. You think about this, leaders are looking for opportunities to build in other people's lives. 
And so create can take on a lot of different forms. But in its simplest thing, as a leader, are you actively looking for those ideas or those opportunities every day to create in other people's lives? I would like for you to bring that down um, with a specific example. Everything you said is, I think, is really resonates. But a lot of times, I think leaders struggle with bringing the etherical to the practical. So where's a practical application of that, that create? I really think that when we think about the word create, and it takes something from us, all of us eat out. It'd be like you going to a restaurant and you're sitting at your table and your server comes to your table. I know this has happened to me and my family on occasion. And, and the server comes to the table and you can just tell it a little something's off. You know, and our, our normal human behavior would say, hey, uh, you need to do a better job of doing your job. I mean, you're a server. You're here to refill my drinks. You're here to bring me my food. I remember a particular story of a, of a young lady who was going through a really difficult time and come to find out that her husband had left her that morning and she had two children at home and she couldn't afford not to come into work because rent was due in a couple of days. And just taking a simple minute to say, tell me your story. A lot of times if we just pause, we all have busy schedules, especially if you're in leadership or you have responsibility as a, as a leader. We're always on the go. But can we pause long enough to actually recognize the environment around us. You've got that cashier at Target. How hard would it be just to take a second and say, how's your day going? I mean, really showing genuine care starts with this ad, I mean, this verb, if you will, in my life is saying, I want to put myself in your shoes. We think about in the Chick-fil-A environment, we're in the hospitality business. We just serve really delicious chicken. You know, Creating remarkable experiences is that idea of going the second mile, if you will. So it's the idea of not just taking somebody's money and throwing the food at them. It's allowing them to go have a seat and carrying their, their tray, if you will, to their table, allowing them a few extra moments to get sat and settled, get children in high chairs, put placemats out. It's the idea of putting flowers on a table. Again, creating an environment where people can sit around and have an enjoyable dining experience. I think it looks very different for leaders based on our personalities, but all of us have the responsibility every day to look for opportunities to create. That's awesome. Essentially what you're saying is you're creating space for others and you're creating space to emphasize the importance of the genuine love and compassion you should have for the people around you. Absolutely. So where do we go from here? Yeah, absolutely, Sam. So the next letter in care is A. And I like to use the word anticipate. And in Chick-fil-A, we call it anticipating the needs of others, if you will. So anticipating the needs of others also puts the burden of responsibility back on me as a person. Am I looking for those opportunities that are always around me? Obviously, in the Chick-fil-A context, it's the refreshing of a beverage. Somebody brings a cup to the front counter uh, or they've got their cap tilted off and the straw off to the side. There's no top on it. We know immediately, hey, they need something else to drink. It's the idea of somebody bringing a product back to the front counter and they're holding it in their hands and you can read their face. If we anticipate the needs, we know, hey, there's probably something not right. How can I step in and make this right? A lot of times, though, it's in relationships, Sam. You think about every day we cross paths with so many people. And if we're genuinely good leaders, we're generally outwardly focused and anticipating the needs of others. We're looking for opportunities in everybody around us. We know when somebody's a little off. Like, hey, you're not yourself today. Hey, what's going on with you today? 
hey, let's take a minute. Let's sit down and grab an iced tea or a cup of coffee and let's talk. It's the connection point with somebody else that allows us to be very genuine in our leadership. So if we truly have the heart of anticipating, again, means my head is up and I'm always looking downfield for opportunities to you know, serve and put myself out there for other people. Unfortunately, in the generation we live in today, it's all about me and my needs and my wants and my likes. And so that's a really difficult aspect. But if we learn to anticipate, I think as leaders, we actually have a greater impact than we realize. You mentioned that it's really difficult. And that actually kind of ties into the next question I wanted to ask. Because in the, in the, the chaos of the battle that is leadership, um, in the intensity of the moments, how do we find time to anticipate? It's a great question, Sam. And one of the phrases I love to use in leadership is this idea that selfishness stifles effectiveness. Selfishness stifles effectiveness. One thing I've learned in my leadership journey, the most difficult person to lead is staring me back in the mirror every morning because the reality is I have my preferences. I want things to go my way. I love my time. I love the things that I have in my life. And so our preferences often dictate our ability to see others and their needs. That's really what makes it so difficult is because we as people, we just have things we are. So if we can embrace the idea that selfishness stifles effectiveness, the way we antidote selfishness is giving. It's we give of ourselves and really it's an act of intentionality, if you will. So I love that question. Awesome. Well, let's tee it up. Where, where's, where does the E take us? So R is this idea (laughs) of having responsible relationships, responsible relationships. And I love the word relationships. Obviously, when you think about relationships, great relationships are built on foundational things like great communication. Do we have mutual trust? Do we have shared vision? Are we actually in a relationship where we understand that we're both giving and taking? A lot of times in relationships, it becomes one-sided. So that's why I inject the word responsible. As a leader, I'm responsible for the people that are in my care. And that's the thing that all leaders need to learn to embrace is that if you're in charge of people, you're now having their care as a part of your leadership lesson. So when you think about relationships, how do you manage relationships? How do you put yourself out there, if you will? Another word that is really hard in leadership is the word vulnerability. Think about being vulnerable as a leader. It's not like, oh, I'm vulnerable. I'm just going to tell all of my life story. No, it's about being willing to share and be a you know, re-identify with somebody, maybe with something they're going through and you're able to connect with them because you've been through that as well. A lot of times as leaders, we're all about my image. How do I look? How do people perceive me? But great leaders build really strong relationships and that's the responsibility of the leader. If something goes poorly, it's responsible the leader to fix it. If a team member in their care is offended, as a leader, we have to step up and fix that relationship. So that's why responsible is a key part of the relationship piece. What if there's um, what if there's people within my my area of leadership that uh, I really struggle to have that relationship with? As leaders, we all have those people that are easy to get along with, and then there's those that are really challenging to lead. How do you how do you kind of push past the the struggle of that challenge with people that are difficult to lead and actually find? A meaningful relationship? That's a really great question, Sam. And I think our listeners would probably agree that that is a 
fantastic question because if we have a great relationship with somebody already, well, there's really not a lot of work that goes into it. But it's when that relationship is hard or you have to lead somebody that's very, very difficult. So a couple challenges I'd give here. Number one, it goes back to the anticipate piece of the A. Are we actually putting ourselves out there to learn about the other person? One thing I've learned in my leadership journey is that people's personalities often dictate their attitudes or their outcomes. So what that means as a leader, it's my responsibility to go learn about the other person. The disconnect may be somewhere in the personality or the way that they're interpreted in their behaviors. Oftentimes, we just assume the worst in other people. And I think in relationships, if we would assume the best and understand, it's like the person that cuts you off in traffic driving to work and they're flying, they cut you off. And, you know, your tendency is to give them the, uh, the hand, if you will, you know. But what if that person was trying to get home because they just got a call from their wife and they're, she'd just gone into labor with their first son, and they'd already had a difficult pregnancy and lost one, and he was so concerned about being home in time to get her to the hospital. What if instead of assuming the worst, he just cut you off to try to get to work a minute faster, we could say, well, maybe, maybe this person had something else going on. And in culture today, that's a real shift in the way we think. It's this idea we shift from this attitude that we like to say at Chick-fil-A, it's a shift from me to we. It's taking me out of the equation, understanding that the greater thing in play here is this idea of we. We as a team, we as a group, and how can we function better as a leadership team? That's great. Really what that boils down to is us as leaders really expressing empathy um, for the people around us. So we'll get to the E, which I jumped to earlier. Uh, How does it all, all tie together there at the end? Yeah, one thing I would... Back up just a second with you, Sam, around this relationship piece. And this is a difficult one. So the second piece that I I missed, there's this idea, be willing to say, I'm sorry, and be willing to forgive quickly. I think we've lost the art of saying, I'm sorry. Even if I necessarily wasn't wrong, but maybe the way what I did was perceived as wrong. What if leaders, we owned up to what could be perceived as a mistake and actually asked for forgiveness. And then as the leader on the other side of that, if somebody approaches you, be willing to forgive quickly. A lot of times in our culture day, it's like, well, I'll forgive you, but I'll never forget that. That's not a sign of a mature leader. So that's why the E in the care model is super important. It's this idea of empathy. When you think about the word empathy, it's different than sympathy. A lot of folks correlate those two words. They're nothing alike. Empathy is the ability for me to feel what you're feeling or to put myself into your shoes. Why is that important? Look at culture today. Just turn on the news for 10 minutes. We are such a divided country today. What if, Sam, what if we were able to actually show a little empathy, to actually try to understand what a brother or sister is actually going through, to put ourselves in their shoes, to try to gain a perspective or an understanding for something maybe we had no idea was going on. We had a situation happen in our drive-through here at Chick-fil-A uh, happened a few weeks ago where a customer had come through the drive-thru and we had not done our best job. We did not put our best foot forward. In the course of this correspondence, the guy who leads the restaurant had stepped outside to try to make the situation right. And he took good care of the gentleman. In the process of the conversation, the man started breaking down and crying. His wife had just been diagnosed with terminal cancer. And the only thing that she wanted to eat was something from Chick-fil-A. It was a bowl of soup. And he was coming to get that, and we did not get it right. 
in that moment, we could have just been like, man, that is just a really ugly customer. I can't believe he would treat our team like that. What's the deal? But instead, empathy says, let me take an extra second. Am I missing something? And to come to find out the story, this gentleman now is a really a regular guest. We see him often. Um, from what I understand, the, the wife is in remission. And it's a great story, but it's a really easy way to highlight. We just glaze over empathy. We think it's a sign of weakness. And in leadership, that's actually a sign of strength. Can I understand you? Because if we really want to create these remarkable experiences, we really want to anticipate the needs of others, and we say relationships and we'd be responsible with those, empathy is the little bow that ties all this up nicely. I think one of the things that I see a lot of leaders struggling with, David, is when we kind of had these, these acronyms, they struggle to bring it from the etherical to the practical. And how does this acronym actually work in the real world? So if you were to kind of tie all of this up, and, and we've shared so many little great tidbits along the way, what's the, um, how would you recap all of this so that the audience can walk away with feeling they know what to act- activate on in the store and in their leadership? That's great, Sam. Thank you. Because I think a lot of times concepts are great, applications greater. And so... The question goes back to how do you be remembered and then why do you do what you do? If you generally have a a passionate why, you know, like why do I get up in the morning? It's the opportunity to lead young people. It's help folks figure out what is their calling and help them go do it. So that's a driver for me. So then care becomes a second nature. So if, if I say that's important, then I would have to say I care about you. And so to do that, genuine relationships are actually built on this idea of care. The problem is we get stuck in that selfishness mode. Let's be honest. We're all selfish. We all have things we go through. We all have great days. We all have bad days, self-included. I mean, there are days I have to have a little self-talk and say, hey, get it together, guy. But the reality is if you genuinely walk in care, you're going to want to do this because your why will drive you. I want to be a part of helping people become better. I want to be a part of creating in their life. I want to be known as a leader that anticipates needs. I don't want somebody to have to always come to me. I want to have my head up going, hey, how can I help you today? And I really want to know as a leader that responsible relationships is who I am. Like if if things don't go my way, I don't just write you off. Or I just say, hey, that wasn't worth it. Great relationships are worth it. But the empathy piece, that costs something for me because it makes me put myself in the backseat and actually adjust my perspective. And that's a key driver, Sam, as we dive into some additional leadership content in the coming months. What do we do as leaders to drive these behaviors? If we generally care as a leader, it's not that difficult. Overcoming yourself, determining who you want to be, and establishing the purpose of why you do what you do, I, I guarantee you that care becomes second nature as you finish those three questions. Thank you so much for summarizing that, David. Um, I would love for you to uh, issue a challenge to take us away today. I'll go all the way back, Sam, to the Captain William Swenson story, if you will. And this man who was in live fire in the middle of of a war zone, who was able to pause long enough to recognize that one of his men had been shot and probably fatally wounded. And all that's going on around him. If you actually listen to the video, there's bullets whizzing by his head in the video. But he paused long enough to show that care in that moment. I think the challenge as leaders and -and up-and-coming leaders 
is where's your pause? Can you actually take that necessary pause and look for those opportunities? You get to the end of your day. Have you had a moment each day to where you've had a significant impact in somebody else where you've created or you've anticipated or you built those responsible relationships or where you could show empathy? Then true care become part of the DNA as you as a leader.